Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Different jurisdictions approach this in a different way, but they take their their cues from the health authorities. And in fact, uh, it's the health authorities that decided that Ontario's policy when it comes to uh, people working in proximity of patients, the health care workers, there needed to be some new policies affected, especially uh, on the idea that, uh, you know, droplet precautions must be taken. That's the newest wrinkle in all of this. To understand uh, what all of this implies, again, it's coming from the directive of the health authorities in the province. We've been joined on the line by Diane Martin, the CEO of the Registered Practical Nurses Association of Ontario. Diane, pleasure to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. So tell me now uh, exactly what this policy uh, has affected here by way of a change and why it was necessary. Right. So um, the change uh, involves less equipment of a different uh, kind of equipment. So um, the airborne equipment or the equipment to prevent airborne disease is quite extensive and the equipment to prevent droplet is a little less um, involved. And I'm pretty uncomfortable about it. Uh, I understand the difference between a droplet disease and, and, and an airborne disease. But, you know, it seems to me like throughout this province, we are, you know, making decisions based on everything. I've been impressed with the decisions made to, to date. Uh, an abundance of caution has been shown in so many ways. And yet uh, this decision seems to be made on its we think it's enough, and um, and I also understand that we don't want to run out of equipment for the, for example, the ICU nurses who are at greatest risk uh, because of what they do with their patients. But uh, nurses are not canaries in mines that we put into the workplace to see where is the threshold. Like when we lose a nurse, we know that hey, that wasn't enough. Um, those kinds of risks are very upsetting to me, and I don't. Uh, I'm rather upset that we don't have enough of the equipment to, you know, exercise over caution in caring for these really not just nurses but others, but mainly nurses that are physically putting themselves between you and the disease. Well, so Diane, what are you saying then? Uh, they pretty much put you in an untenable position where it might compromise health and safety. We don't know really. It, the, the, the virus mor- can morph into something, I don't know that it will, but it could morph into something that was airborne. How will we know that uh, when it happens, if, if it should happen? But also, you know, if we know that there are some situations in ICU that are more likely to spread the droplets in a way that can be, uh, you know, taken in by the nurse, there's no guarantee that won't happen in a long-term care home or somewhere else. And I think it's in my perfect world that lives in my head. I, I feel like I wish we could just say to nurses, here's everything, because we will not make a mistake with you and your life. So what have they done by uh, mandating this? Then uh, you're not going to have adequate, uh, I guess, 
equipment or resources uh, in terms of masks, gowns, and all the other things? Uh, where are you lacking? Well, it it probably is adequate. I do need to say that. They say that there's evidence that it is um, adequate. I just feel like um, over overkill of equipment is what we would all want for our families. Um, I actually have a daughter who works in ICU, but it's what, what we would all want for our families uh, when they are working with with patients. And so it probably is adequate, it, 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 and that's what the way it's being approached. But it just feels so terrible to me to be looking at it from that perspective. We're not looking at anything else from that perspective, but we are with the lives of the people who care for them. Well, have any of your members expressed apprehension about testing some of these patients uh, who seem like they may have the coronavirus at this point? I don't think it's the, the just the testing. I think it's the day-to-day care of them. And we do know that in long-term care uh, uh, and in acute care hospitals and even our nurses who go into people's homes, there is um, the day-to-day care of them that they need to feel protected. I worked um, with patients during SARS, and I put that equipment on when I got to the door of the hospital. I took it off when I left, and it was very difficult, but we wore it every day. It's that day in, day out, having to cope with the mental strain of am I safe and am I at at a chance of hurting one of my family members when I go home. That's a big burden to ask of nurses. All right. So uh, droplet precautions inadequate. You're saying you'd like to have more coverage uh- yeah, probably adequate is is what how I would put it. I just feel like probably adequate is not enough. Um, they say that there's evidence. Um, I would say that I haven't seen all the evidence from every country who's had this. I don't know how many people in terms of healthcare providers have contracted the disease. And the other message I would have would be to nurses to say that we are science-based professionals. We study extensively science. If your gut is telling you that something's wrong, then you need to to push for what you need. Uh, during SARS, we had a situation where SARS seemed seemed to have ended, and people were told they didn't have to wear the protective equipment any longer. And there were some nurses in a hospital who said, we think it's coming back. And um, they did not get those that protective equipment in time, and there was a second wave of SARS. So I think we need to protect our nurses, we need to listen to our nurses, and we need to find what they need to be um, more than just safe. We need them to be overly safe, an abundance of caution. They deserve that for taking on the job that they're doing. Understood. Uh, So this is then up to the health ministry, I guess, to address, even though they've changed the process here, uh, which is why you're telling us about your concerns in the matter. Uh, Thank you at least for informing us on that, and we'll see where this one proceeds. Uh, Diane Martin, the CEO of the Registered Practical Nurses Association of Ontario, uh, wish you the best in that regard, and uh, good work on the front lines. Thank you. Thank you for that. We need to keep recognizing the nurses that are doing this. Amen. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.